Welcome to Her Fantasy Football. We're into week eight, and we're going to go matchup by matchup to help you set your lineups. So feel free to listen to the whole 90 minutes. It's going to be awesome. I'm your host, Courtney Kirby. And I'm Ashley Williams. And I'm Brandon Lee. Woohoo! Get them out of your lineups, people. The New York Giants and the San Francisco 49ers. Get them out. They're on by week eight. I really wanted to play Eli this week. Oh, I know. I know. I, I don't hey. blame you. Hey, you might. You might. <laughs> I'm talking about him later on. You are not. I am. You are. Get, on the bye week? Get Well, no. Yes, but no. Get excited. Get excited. I am excited. Oh, wow. That actually you really excites be. me. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very excited. I don't have to talk about him this week. So, <laughs> cheers to that. Cheers, cheers. It was kind of a crazy week seven. I don't know about how you guys feel, but uh, some disappointments. A lot of surprises, but it was good. It, it was interesting. Make sure to hop over to uh, HerFantasyFootball.com. We do our rankings every week and some articles on every single team. Also, check us out on ESPNW where we have a video and our 10 predictions of the week. Um, we're also on Twitter at HerFantasyFB. If you have any questions, concerns, or you just plainly want to yell at us, we're there. We can listen to you. <laughs> don't ask about Sankey, though, because we don't like him. That's all, right? That's it. That's the only one, really. That's it. That's all. We just can't It was tell you so funny. It was, I got home, and the, it was either that night or the next day, my husband, Tim, was like, gosh, why do people keep talking about Sankey? I was like, did you just listen to our show? And he's like, No. What, what do you mean? He's like, I was like, we just said that. Stop asking us questions about Sankey. He's like, yes, I'm on the same page with that. Uh, bizarre. Although your bizarre. husband offered me, like, the trade ever. Oh, he a- like to- offered everybody a trade that same day. He's like, I was really bored at work, and I just thought I'd throw it out there. He's offered Brandon, like, several, but... Um, I was on. I was yeah. kind of surprised he didn't like have a Sankey thrown in there because he threw in uh, Vincent Jackson and um, Josh Gordon for Lashawn McCoy. And I'm like, come on! At least throw Sankey my way. Yeah, That's yeah. Ridiculous. His was I. Ha- I have Des and Charles, and he offered me uh, Jordy, Vincent, and and um, Gordon. I was like. I need a running back. You're no. I love he's trying no, to trade but, Josh Gordon. Come on. I know. I know. I love it too. He finally he finally dropped AP, which I was very proud of him for doing. But. Oh my goodness! We were wondering. We kind of had almost like a bet going, Carson and I, about when Tim was going to finally. Drop it was AP, very but. emotional for him. I think that you know, my husband's been with AP since the beginning, and this is a, it was a it was a big <laughs> deal for him to finally be. You know, throw in the towel if yeah. he's not coming back, you know. Um, but You know, he did what he needed to do. Okay. He went through couples yeah. therapy. He tried. He, he tried. tried he did. He really did. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it was, it, it was time now. It was definitely it was time. time. It was time. Well, the Denver Broncos don't have much time because they are facing the San Diego Chargers in Denver on the Thursday night game. I can't believe it. Yeah. Three-day turnaround. Bam. Yeah, you know, I am so sick of the same teams being in primetime. And even though I'm a Denver Broncos fan, can we spread the wealth 
it's just boring. Like, I love watching Peyton Manning. I do it on my own time. But I kind of think, gosh, if I wasn't a Broncos fan, I'd be so annoyed. Them and the 49ers, they're always in prime time. I don't understand. I know, but Outrageous. it's so fantastic this week because whenever they are in prime time, then I can just watch Red Zone all day long. But when they're in, like, a 2 o'clock slot, then I watch the Broncos and I have to record Red Zone and find time to slot in seven hours of football in addition to and the see, football I've And see, I had to do the reverse. I watch Red Zone. And I end up missing the majority of the Broncos game because I, too, I feel the same way. We're selfish, though. We're Broncos fans. So we're just like, please put them on prime time so we can watch Red Zone and... But I agree. It'd be annoying if you weren't a Broncos fan. I think one of my favorite things about her fantasy football is that you guys talk in mountain time. (laughs) That's true. We do talk mountain. (laughs) I was like, two o'clock? What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> what up, okay. Middle America? So, yeah, it's two o'clock. Two o'clock kickoffs, Brandon. Well, for right, the later games. Right. I know one o'clock and four o'clock. But I'm in eleven and two, baby. All right. All right. <laughs> but well, good, so, good correction for all of our East Coasters out there and West Coast. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we're talking mountain time. They're all like two o'clock. Yeah. Did they push back the games this week? Well, the Chargers are going uh, down anyway. an hour, so they're actually. What have we got? 11, they're 10 o'clock? 10 and 1. Yeah. So there'll be, there'll be up an hour here. Yeah. There we go. It's going to be an interesting game. All right. Well, I'm one of the late people, but I am excited about this Westie game. Okay. So um, San Diego Chargers. Philip Rivers, play him if you got him. We got him ranked number five. I got really into our rankings this week. I realized that I paid attention to our rankings after our show, so I decided to do it before the show. And it's changed my life you guys this is gonna be very exciting so philip rivers although i do quarterback rankings, so that wasn't really yeah it's like that changed thing. your life but, reading your own um, stuff <laughs> <laughs> actually some of them How i was like pompous. i don't agree with this you know my running back <laughs> rankings <laughs> but- change my life every week too <laughs> my rankings are amazing no but i i was literally like oh this is interesting i disagree with this and it's my ranking so I should go and change it but anyway it's it's good stuff so last week was Rivers worst week he only completed 17 passes for 205 yards two touchdowns and threw an interception but you know what it's gonna be fine everyone gets a bad game moving on and yes the Broncos have the one-two punch of Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware uh, but he's gonna have to go toe-to-toe with Peyton Manning and I think he he enjoys the challenge so look for a bounce back Brandon Oliver was it was also his last week worst his worst week last week Lots of weeks here. Um, I, you're, there's a trend. It wasn't a good week for anyone, really, for the Chargers. Kansas City came to play. They were just not going to let the San Diego Chargers and the Broncos walk away with the division. No. We'll get into that later. So um, he only rushed for 67 yards and caught two passes for 11 yards. It was an off game. But once again, you know what? He gets a ton of touches. You know, I wouldn't worry about it. Antonio Gates must start. He was the only stud of last week, frankly. Uh, gut calls. All the wide receivers again. So none of them were very impressive last week, again. But Keenan Allen actually fared the best with 58 yards off of six catches, which is not great. But if you're in a PPR league, that was 11.8 points. So, but just to let you know, Chris Harris, the cornerback from the Broncos, has only allowed 21 yards on 15 targets since week four. Tough. I like Harris. Yeah. So that's, that's what I'm saying to that. <laughs> so, um, also bench former San Diego Chargers defense. Once again, there is a rule. Rules are rules. Never start a defense against Denver. Never. Play your studs and never play defense against 
Denver. I like that. That's good. I'm just excited for this game because this game is going to be such an offensive powerhouse game. Because you're right. Philip yeah. is going to show up and he's going to play. Because he's, he, you know what, you could say what you want about Philip Rivers, but Philip Rivers is actually a big time game player. He steps up in the big games. That's why he always steps up in December, right? Because things are on the line and he will deliver. So I'm, I'm a little, I'm actually excited for this game. Um, your Plymouth Gobs are obviously Peyton Manning. Why? Because he's the best quarterback of all time, as decided this week on Sunday. Slash 10 years ago for me, but you know, <laughs> we'll go with that. I'm wearing my Broncos shirt, and I'm wearing my Broncos earrings to represent Peyton Manning's record-breaking game on Sunday. Yep. This is a fantasy podcast, right? It is a fantasy podcast. And you know what? He's fantasy gold. The Broncos are best at fantasy, too. I agree. I agree. It's a given. It's a given. As are Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, I would like to say that I called it, that it was going to go to Demarius Thomas. This girl. Yeah, yeah. Mine was such a sentimental pick. No, you didn't. You said Julius, Ashley. No, I said Demarius. You or did said I say Julius? Julius. Did I? I said Demarius. <laughs> oh, I won. You won. Oh, my god. Not gosh. as fun. Not as fun. Hmm. Not as fun. I said Are you sure? Penny, I was way off. I'm positive. Because you're like, I think it's the other tight end. And I was like, eh, baby, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought I picked Demarius. We'll have to see. You can both be right. What? It was a Either way, you're playing them. And you're playing Ronnie <laughs> Hill then, okay? Because here's the thing. Monty Ball should be panicking right now. Legitimate panic Poor mode. Guy. Because Hillman has scored 11 points and 21 points as the starter, right? He's the third highest scoring running back and looked fantastic. This was last week. And Monty Ball certainly has not done anything to solidify his starting position. So he has only scored 23 total points in four games, and that's only two points more than Hillman scored in one game last week. I am telling you, Monty Ball, it's not pretty for you right now, buddy, because Hillman's looking solid. And this will be another good week because the Chargers have allowed 237 yards to opposing running backs in the past two weeks. So he's coming off a two-touchdown game. He's feeling good. I like Ronnie Hillman a lot this week. Julius Thomas, I also have on my must stars, and I get that he had an absolutely terrible game last week. He only got two points, which is shocking, to say the least. Uh, but the Chargers have given up the third fewest points to tight ends, which is a little bit nerve-wracking, but he's going to have a bounce-back week. Put it out of your mind. Julius Thomas is still one of the best tight ends in the league. You have to play him. Mm-hmm. My gut calls, Broncos defense. So I don't feel good about the Broncos defense this week. Because the Chargers give up the second fewest points to defenses, only followed behind the Broncos give up the least fewest points. So this is not a team you should actually... They don't turn over the ball. Yeah, you, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't start them against the Chargers. Let's just say what it is. But the pure fact of the matter is I've been telling you to bench the Broncos defense for weeks now, and they keep putting up points. And they were the seventh highest scoring defense last week. So maybe they'll surprise us again this week. You know, like Brian said, DeMarcus Ware, and you've got, you know, Von Miller. They're pretty, pretty legit. So... I got them in my gut calls. I don't feel good about it, but I can't argue with you if you decide to play them. And then Wes Welker. This might, do you guys think this is the turnaround? I mean, he had the deep ball threat, which is really interesting. As he's usually a slot receiver kind of guy, middle of the field guy. And, he, he, and they did kind of a crossing pattern with Demarius went for the slot and Wes Welker went for the deep ball, um, which is not usual. But this might be no. the turnaround week, right? Do, are we feeling better about Welker or no? I'm in the I'm in the I am in the i am iffy with them. I think that uh, you know, yeah. 
It's uh, he's a boomer bust player at this point. I think he's boomer bust too. And again, if your PPR is, it's a little bit better than not. But the Chargers get the seventh, seventh fewest points to wide receivers, so I don't love it. But I, I just for some reason feel like it might have been the turnaround. I just, hope so. Just my love was, but. And I have no one on the bench because, again, you start everybody with the Broncos for the most part. Start them all. Start, start them all. Rules are rules. Rules are rules. Detroit Lions 5-2 and two with Atlanta Falcons 2-5. and five. So confusing. I <laughs> flipped that around. I got, I got both of these teams here. Um, okay. So, playing if you got them, Joyke Bell, and I've got Lions defense. Lions defense is the top defense in the league. You have to play them even when it's kind of a weird matchup. You just kind of have to. Yeah. And Joyke Bell's been consistent. I mean, he's not going out there. He's not, you know, a top 10 back, but he definitely, you know, fills the role certainly for an RB2 and a flex. No question. So, in that sense, you're starting him. Okay. Golden Tate. Did we tell you or did we not to not freak out about him? And he came back and had a big, big game. Yeah, he's he a, did. Yeah, he's the third highest scoring mm-hmm. receiver. He pulled in 21 points. Uh, he had the most catches he had in any game thus far this year with 10. And he had 154 yards and a touchdown. You know, and I, and I think, and this is a bold statement, but Megatron being sidelined may actually be the best thing that has happened for the Lions in the sense that, hear me out. Hear me <laughs> out. Uh, uh, uh. Uh. I know this is a podcast, but my face. Yeah, your face is saying it all. But what I'm telling you is, is that him being out one game, two games, whatever. But what it's doing is it's creating a situation where Calvin Johnson is not the only threat in the receiving core, which he really basically has been for the last few years. So teams, because Golden Tate is doing so well, they can't afford to own, to double cover Megatron and leave Tate wide open. You can't, because Tate is solidifying himself as a legitimate threat. I know this isn't really fantasy, but um, did you see the Golden Tate meme thing that happened? So supposedly Percy Harvin punched Golden Tate during the Super Bowl week. Did no. you see this? No. Last year? Yeah. So there's like, he has a little black eye, and... This rumor came out as, as this Percy Harvin trade right. came down. And one guy, a random guy with like 200 Twitter followers, you know, whatever, posted that Kermit the Frog meme where he's sipping on, on hot tea. And underneath it, it says, and that's just none of my business, or that's none of my business, you know, kind of thing underneath. And so Golden Tate took a picture of himself sipping on tea and put it on Instagram. <laughs> Next to this guy's thing. Like, literally, it was so brilliant. He's, like, sitting on the stoop drinking tea with some friends. They all have little tea, tea mugs doing the Kermit the Frog. It's none of my business move, basically. And it was so cool. I was like, oh. Somebody's making a bold anyway. statement about Mr. Pessy. I like it. I think I really like I think him. I like Me too. No, I definitely like Anyone him. who's into Kermit the Frog jokes, I'm into <laughs> but you, but you have to agree with me that and this is back. good that Megatron will not be considered the only threat for the Lions now. I do think it could open up the offense when when Johnson comes back healthy. Hopefully, it helps Stafford yeah. for sure. Yeah. So with that, we'll go to my guy calls Corey Fuller. Who? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I didn't want to say that because I didn't want to sound dumb, but I I have not been paying attention to the Lions as much. Yeah. As- I want to. I, I have defense. to. I love their defense. And so even I was like, yeah. Corey Fuller, I'm intrigued. I'm going to have to write this down or I will forget all about you come outline time. <laughs> but Corey Fuller, so here's his situation. He scored 10 points off five targets. He had three catches for 44 yards and a touchdown. 
But the reality is he will have virtually no fantasy value for you when Johnson comes back. And he will only have fantasy value to you while Johnson is out if he finds the end zone, right? Because 44 yards is not going to do much for you. So the good news is that he was in for 88% of the snaps, so the potential is there if you need a flyer because he's just in on the field so much with Johnson being out. Matthew Stafford I have in my gut call section um, because here's, the, here's my issue is that unless you're in a 14 team league, realistically, you cannot play Matthew Stafford because he was the 15th highest scoring running sorry, quarterback last week. He's the 13th highest scoring quarterback overall this season. You know, and Stafford has scored 15 points last week. And this was sadly his third highest scoring game for the season. And that just isn't going to cut it. So what is surprising is that quarterbacks that actually have more points in total, sorry, than Stafford and could possibly build in your leagues is Joe Flacco. Only owned in 56% of leagues. And then Eli Manning. Owned in 62% <laughs> of leagues. Both of them have scored more total points than Matthew Stafford. Something I don't he think... He wants Megatron back. Any, yeah. Any of us could have said that. Yeah. He's just, you know... Yeef. Anyway, think about it. Bench, Reggie Bush. If we review his points throughout the season, it's 5-2. One great week of 15. 5-4-0-3. I think that says it all. You're not playing Reggie Bush. Uh, on to the Falcons. Play him if you got him. Absolutely nobody. There's nobody that I could tell you that you should absolutely start. At all. Uh, gut calls, I've got Julio Jones and Roddy White. You know, White had 16 points off 100 yards last week. That was his highest scoring game. Julio is listed as questionable. is limited to practice on Wednesday. Um, you know, White has a lot more value if Julio is still touch and go, but Julio is a must start <laughs> if he is given the green light. Either way, I don't expect a big week from him anyway because the Lions give up the third fewest points to Whiteouts. So I don't really love either of them this week with the really touch and go Falcons team. Should we just have a rule that you don't start people against the Lions? Kind of, yeah. Because I, cause I, I also have Matt Ryan that. on the bench for that same reason. Like, Ryan actually is, like, the highest, eighth highest scoring quarterback for the year. But they've been so kind of inconsistent. Yeah. And the Lions, you know, stop quarterbacks. So that's not good. They give up the fewest points to quarterbacks. And then the Falcons running backs, we all know I'm going to go off on a rant on this one. So... Anton Smith is still not being targeted enough. He only had three carries for 10 yards. He was only targeted twice in the air. I can't. Falcons. Classic I, Anton Smith freak I can't out. handle you. Jack Wiz Rogers scored one point. So, I'm sorry, 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 sorry. Anton Smith had one point. Jack Wiz Rogers had zero points off two touches for nine yards. And best of all, their savior of all saviors, Stephen Jackson. Stephen freaking Jackson. Eight attempts only got you 22 yards. 22 yards off eight attempts for two points. I can't handle them. You're benching them all. I'm benching the entire Falcons team. I can't even do it anymore. Next week, we I'm just going to not even address here, people. I'm not even going to address We make bold statements. No defenses against Denver and no offenses against Detroit. And that's the deal. That's the deal. Well, you know what? It's something to think about. It's exciting. This is this is the game of the week. Minnesota Vikings. I think it is kind of the game of the Tampa week. Bay Buccaneers. It's not even the game of the week. I got a lovely text message from Brandon, but really her husband being like, "Why did you rank their defenses so high? Why? Because their offenses are so awful." It's going to be a very exciting <laughs> game. I agree with you. Um, you know who are playing for the Vikings though is McKinnon this week. 
He got back on track last week, rushing over 100 yards. You know, and he's out-touching the ball and outperforming than all the other backs, including Asiata. Sorry. What's going on with that, Courtney? Like, what's going on with McKinnon and Asiata? So, listen, I have Asiata on my bench. I don't even have him as a gut call. You know, he had his moment starting as the running back when Peterson was deactivated. I kind of feel bad for him. But sadly, the time is gone. McKinnon is such a strong man. He just, he's such a forceful runner that it it just overpowers little Asiata, who's very handsome, by the way. But it just does. He just isn't strong enough, and the the Vikings need a guy to, you know, defend, you know, help with the pass rush. They, you know, they also need they. He just is overall a better player than Asiata. Unfortunately, they really need to use him like um, San Diego used Woodhead, um, but they haven't gotten there yet. Um, so McKinnon's going to be your pick. So hopefully you've dropped Asiata for a better choice already. Um, Minnesota's defense, I have, um, you know, must start. They're playing against Tampa Bay, you know. I, I would do it. Last week they got 15 points against the Bills. And granted, the Bills lost half their team, but still. <laughs> Tampa Bay gives up the fourth most fantasy points, so They did why lose not? half their team. They did. It's okay. I can't. We'll get to the Bills, And people. I just want to take we'll a moment. Congratulations, Patterson, for his first touchdown of the season. When everyone dropped you, you came through. He still didn't come through. He only had two receptions for nine yards. I was going to say, I can't can't clap for him. I can't clap (laughs) for him. I can't. He still was under eight points. I can bop around for him, though, a little bit. It wasn't like, oh, it was just like, congratulations. You still should deserve to be on your bench. But... I mean, I would still bench him, but only you know how desperate you are. So, and you'd have to be desperate. With that said, Greg Jennings mm-hmm. is also a gut call. They're playing against the Buccaneers. Right. I suppose really all of them are, except you know Ted Bridgewater. He's still on the bench. You know, I rookie quarterbacks are tough. Yeah, they're tough. It's just the offensive line for the Vikings yeah. is awful and injured, and it's just you know he gets sacked a lot. He really has no fantasy worth at this point. So sad, but it's what it is. Tampa Bay Dynasty Gold, though I would say Dynasty Gold. I think they're committed to him. I do think they're committed to him. Right? Yeah, I agree. They're committed to him. Courtney's like I don't no. know if I'd say Dynasty Gold. I don't know if I would say gold, Mary, maybe a shiny bronze. I'd say bronze, yeah. A okay. newly buffed bronze. Legit. Yeah. That's legit. He's on, okay. he's on the podium, bronze. but he's not. Yeah. He's getting more he's than Andrew Luck. Yeah. I'm not singing his anthem. No Cam Newton. Okay. 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 Yeah. Uh, we got Tampa Bay Bucks, no Ashley. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, he's more than, like, a participation ribbon. <laughs> yeah, slightly. <laughs> Slightly. That's effort. The everybody everybody wins ribbon. <laughs> yep. But okay. I can't give the Bucks one of those. They're not even getting to participate ribbon. Nope. nope. Oh, I like oh, that. Oh, you would. I'm playing none of them. None of them are playing if you gotta. Aw, Vincent Jackson. They're all, but I say this team is like majorly in my gut calls, right? Mike Glennon's in my gut calls. Um, 
he's actually played pretty well the last three weeks. He had 18 points, 15 points, and 18 points. So if you're in a two-quarterback league, I like him a lot there. Realistically, you can't start him in a one-quarterback league, but there's potential, right? Shiny, new, newly buffed bronze potential. <laughs> um, Vincent Jackson is also in my gut calls. So Jackson has only had one great game in all reality, and the rest has been producing very middle-of-the-pack kind of numbers for you. Um, and with Jackson's questionable status, he was limited in practice even after the bye week, which is not the best news for Jackson owners. It's pretty un- you know, unusual that you'd still be limited in practice after a bye week. So that's, I don't love that. Just throwing that out there. So you definitely, definitely need to watch your injury reports and make sure you're listening to what he is saying about his body. Again, players are pretty honest with you, so check out what he is saying. Mike Evans, on the other hand, the good news is that he is back and he came back earlier than we anticipated from his growing injury. Yeah, he played the week before their bye. Um, The bad news is that he only scored, he only would have scored you five points in week six if he had not scored a touchdown. And Jackson only scored six points in that week, so it wasn't as if Jackson was actually, like, taking all these touches away. Just neither were really getting targeted all that much, and there wasn't a whole lot of production. So, in my opinion, Evans can only be counted on as a wide receiver three or a flex at best. My bench, I've got Doug Martin, Bobby Rainey. The issue with this is that Martin is a starter, and he actually gets the majority of the touches, even though he's a starter. He doesn't really produce. He has yet to have a game over 45 yards rushing. And he only has one touchdown, Good. which is crazy town for a starting running back, you know, but... We need to do, like, an investigative story on what happened to Doug Seriously. <laughs> like, we need to go down there, we need to talk to him. What we happened? Get to the bottom of it, send him to a guru or some sort of, like, you know, cool place where they sit in teepees and talk it out. No, they don't I talk. Just, it's silence for three wrong. days. That's what he needs. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean... Right, silence. <laughs> 45 yards, guys. He has yet to get over 45 yards. Something is is very wrong. But the issue with Rainey is that Rainey's actually more productive, but he's not even getting nearly the same amount of touches. And and there's not the consistency there for you to feel confident putting him in your lineup. So I don't want you to ever, ever, ever think of these guys as anything other than possibly a flex. You cannot start them in your running back position and and expect any sort of production. It just is what it is. Great. Buffalo Bills, four and three. The New York Jets, one and six. Brandon, have fun. Okay, so this is a crazy game, and I'm going to try to pull it all together for everyone because these teams had huge changes last week, so we might as well go there. Uh, Buffalo Bills, let's start with them. So their Buffalo defense is still amazing. Um, So we have them ranked number two this week. Uh, because they've recorded at least two sacks in every game this season, and they're playing the Jets. I don't think we have anything else to talk about. And Sammy Watkins, we have him ranked number 15. And this may seem high to you, unless you've been paying attention. Sammy Watkins is the real deal. And for a rookie wide receiver, I mean, I remember we were all at the draft together this year, which was lots of fun. And if you live anywhere near Chicago, you definitely should go this year. And I'm going to try to convince my two sisters to go this year, too. Uh, but <laughs> so uh, Chicago's a little harder for us because I don't have an apartment in Chicago. But um, the rookie Watkins continues to live up to the hype. And as long as he's not on Revis Island, which was his one bad week, and if Kyle Orton is behind center, he has caught four passes and 30 yards and has a 75% chance of catching a touchdown. Yeah, love him. 
Sammy Watkins. <laughs> oh gosh, Genevieve does it now, and it's so good. My my two year old, she goes Sammy Watkins. <laughs> it's like the cutest thing, and like the two of them, it like they will do it over the dinner table, like every every time uh, over breakfast, lunch, dinner, in the back of the car, driving anywhere. The two of them will like look at each other and they'll be like. You say it first. No, you say it first. And then somebody all of a sudden will be like, Sammy Watkins. So <laughs> like, I think it's so fun that that's the name they've attached. I know. I have to, got like, to get some like, jerseys because, Sammy, if you're out there and you're listening, I need two. Two T's, six teeth, please. Thank you. <laughs> so funny. So as far as the gut calls are concerned, bear with me, Kyle Orton. I'm with you. Hear me I'm out. with you. The Jets give up the absolute most points to quarterbacks. Sammy Watkins is awesome. Now, Kyle Orton has turnover issues. And um, no Fred Jackson. I got another interception and a fumble last week, so that's not good. But he's worth a look if you're one of those people that has Andy Dalton and Kirk Cousins kind of situation. I think, Kirk, I think Kyle Orton against the Jets is a legit thing. Now let's get to the, the beef of the Bills. The running back situation. Unbelievably sad. Both C.J. Spiller and Fred Jackson were carted off the field last week. It was unbelievable. Um, C.J. Spiller is on IR, and I guess they did announce that he could come back week 16, which means he's out for the fantasy season. Right. Okay? You can't yeah. – you can drop him. He will. That is the earliest he can come back is week 16, and you're not going to start him his first week back because he wasn't even producing when he was here. So let him go. Uh, Fred Jackson, on the other hand, suffered a groin injury and supposedly could be back as early as week 10. It's optimistic, but he's come back early from injuries before, and he's a robot, so anything could happen. True. Literally. Fred Jackson's a robot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fred. <laughs> so, did you know that now Webster Dictionary is redefining literally as it can mean figuratively? People are totally ticked off about it. <laughs> really? Anyway. You- you Grammar would. Nerds. You Grammar would. Grammar you would. Grammar nerds. Major you. Uh, so I wanted to use it for fun tonight. So anyway, I'm not going to nitpick, but we have Bryce Brown ranked number 30 and Anthony Dixon ranked number 32. But here's the deal. There's kind of two feuding sides as to how this is going to shake out. I personally think Anthony Dixon is going to do better than Bryce Brown because Bryce Brown was a healthy scratch the first seven weeks of the season. The whole season. So... Part of that is because Anthony Dixon also plays on special teams, which is why he was more valuable to the team at the time, and they already had two stud running backs. There was no reason to have another running back on it, so he was on the practice squad or healthy scratch. Um, but we don't know what he can do, and he hasn't been playing with them. And at least Anthony Dixon's got a couple touches in. Now, I don't know how it's going to split up going forward, but I will tell you that they go up against the Jets this week, but then they have a bye and then they go against Kansas City, and then the Jets again. Which do I have higher? And then uh, Bryce Brown. But but some people think Bryce Brown is the one to pick. But I'm saying he hasn't even played yet. So, and they're going up against the Jets, who give up the tenth fewest points to running backs. And the only reason it's the tenth is because Brandon Oliver surprised the heck out of them and ran all over them that one week. Otherwise, they should be like number four. They're really good against the run. So I'm not quite sure either of these guys are going to be fabulous, and I think they're going to share touches. So if I've gotten a lot of questions about who I should pick up, not pick up, da da da. I don't know. You might have better options. 
to be entirely I put them, yeah. And I would rather pick up a really good receiver. Sure. I put them really close to each other because, again, it is so unknown. And I put Bryce Brown slightly higher yeah. just because he is a vet that has been proven in games before. Um, but, like you said, it's debatable. He, you know, he hasn't really yeah. ingrained himself in this offense, which is a little bit dicey. And, again, it's the Jets, and I don't love that because the Jets are a good D. I think I agree with you, Brent. I think there's better <laughs> options elsewhere. It's pretty much interchangeable slash I don't know if you want any of this. So that's yeah. that. Uh, Scott Chandler, we have ranked number 15 as a tight end. That's because the Jets give up uh, a ton of points to tight ends. And or- Orton has targeted him five times every game. So yeah. if you need a flyer for a fill-in, I don't love him, but it's something to think about. The bench warmers, Robert Woods, you can't trust this guy for consistent fantasy production. And Mike Williams, um, he fell behind Chris Hogan, actually, as a starter. So it's a no-fly zone for Mike Williams. New York Jets. Uh, Chris Ivory, I have him in the play him if you got him. Well, he had a good game last week. Now, the Bills only give up the second fewest points to running backs. But you know what? He played well last week, and I feel I feel okay about it. He got 21 carries, 107 yards, and a touchdown, and caught four passes for 18 yards. His biggest game yet. Good for him. Now, let's talk about the meat of this matter, and then I promise you guys my other matchups are not like this. Eric Decker and Percy Harvin. So, WTF. Percy Harvin's now a Jet. Crazy. Bananas. So, and it's because he's stalking me, because I couldn't handle talking to him talking about him as a Seahawk. Like, last week, remember, I drew my line in the sand. Like, I refuse to talk about this guy anymore. Yes. So he followed me to the Jets because I covered them, too. I was like, no! So, anyway, why? Uh, Let's start with the positives. Harvin will get more work as a Jet. The Jets throw approximately 10 more times a game than um, the Seahawks. That doesn't seem like a lot. But for a guy like Percy Harvin's kind of specialty guy, it's, it's a pretty big deal and there are now two stud receivers on this team which means that they're going to see a lot of man-to-man coverage the bad news is that Geno Smith is their quarterback and Vic is not any better so that's happening and still I think it'll be good for both of them and Buffalo gives up the ninth most points to wide receivers so they could tag team this week as far as gut calls Chris Johnson he had a good game last week but buyer beware I mean the Bills are really good against running backs I don't know if I'd go there and for some reason they decided after getting Percy Harvin that they would sign Jeremy Curley to a four-year extension did you see this yeah it's crazy but Curley's been decent this year not not really really decent decent no P- he was better last decent year PPR well PPR wise he's getting some touch he's getting looks and Percy I mean, Harvin, I'm sorry, Percy Harvin <laughs> has now been bounced around to two different teams. He's got personality issues, clearly. He's punching teammates. But it's a I perfect mean, place for him to be with personality issues because yes, they all yeah. have personality issues. So it's like just yes like a and huge no. psych ward over in New Jersey, and I'm into it. It is My a prediction psych ward. for the game is that the Buffalo Bills are going to get worn down on defense because they're going to be on the field a lot. It's my feeling. When you lose two key players on your offense, and I just feel like yeah. it's just going to be, yeah. I think the Jets are going to have um, a comeback game. Well, I'll tell you what. I think this was, I think the curly extension is called Percy Harvin insurance. Yeah. 
And I think they are going to try to also get Curly the ball so that they can tell whether or not they need to extend or if this is a one-year deal for Percy Harvin or if they want to keep going with him. Yeah. So there's a possibility he gets some looks. So he's in my gut calls, barely. Benchwarmers, Geno Smith, clearly. Um, but now that Percy Harvin's there, I would keep an eye on him. That they, they did need more, you know, people. So maybe weirder things have happened. Jason Morrow also on the bench. The Bills are pretty decent against the tight ends. And he's a, he's a rookie. He's still figuring it out. Figuring it out. Like the Chicago Bears, three and four. What? At the New England Patriots, five and two. I'm totally going to bore you guys. No, actually, this is going to be a quick one. So Matt Forte is amazing. He is a badass. He's always been awesome. Continue. Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey. Listen, Alshon Jeffrey, other than the game where he was hurt, this was kind of his only bad game. He's been a top 20 play the last four weeks prior. Don't get greedy because last week was a heinous, heinous mess. Right. Brandon Marshall, it's a little complicated because he also went back into the locker room and screamed at Jay Cutler. And that's sad because, you know, they're having troubles. It's unfortunate. <laughs> uh, Their relationship's <laughs> on the rocks a little bit. A little bit. Just a tiff. Just a tiff. You know, I mean, you know, the kids are nervous, but I think that, you know, <laughs> they can make it through. Uh, some good counseling good to make it, was, make it work. <laughs> he was just quoted as saying, I have a condo and Jay Cutler built it. That's his response to if they're okay. <laughs> right, right, right. Nice. I'm sure he did. So, um, but here's the deal. The Patriots are pretty tough. Right. Okay. They 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 give up the second fewest points to wide receivers. So I don't know if Marshall and Cutler are going to make up this week, but I do know that they have a bye the following week, and then the week after that is going to be touchdown love. Okay. Just let it go. Let it go. And someone's going to be on Revis Island. One of them's going to be on Revis Island. I don't know who it's going to be. It may actually be Alshon Jeffrey because he's been he has pretty, been producing pretty good this yeah. year. Yeah. So this might be Brandon Marshall's week, but I, that's a game plan thing that we can't quite predict. But I think they'll still put him on Marshall, there. though. I don't know. I don't know how you could possibly not put him on Marshall and put him on Jeffries. It's crazy. It's crazy. That's a. It's, Especially it's when the couple just Marshall's, made up, he's gonna want to go out and perform for his baby. You know. It's true. Yeah. In that condo. That In that built. condo. <laughs> <laughs> Martellus Bennett's the number 10 ranked tight end. Listen, he's, he hasn't been as elite as the first four weeks, but he's a tight end, so we cut him some slack. It's true. Gut calls, Jay Cutler. Another tough matchup. The Patriots give up the third fewest points to opposing quarterbacks. Um, but up until last week, Cutler never scored less than 16 fantasy points in standard scoring. So let's all just take a breath. Right. Yeah, I mean, a lot of questions. Like he's the worst fantasy boss. A lot of questions asking right. if it's time to drop or trade Jay Cutler. And I'm like, what? No. Right. No. My bench warmers are very clear. The Bears don't start a defense against the Patriots while they're hot. Once they cool down, we'll let you know. And then handcuff alert, Kadeem Carey. If you are a Matt Forte owner and you're winning your league right now, he's your handcuff to pick up. Nice. New England Patriots play him if you got him. Tom Brady. Congrats, Brady. Another game over 20 fantasy points. Yay. He's doing, He's it. doing it. Good, good, good. No interceptions. Um, if his receivers could just catch the ball, he would have had even a bigger game. 
Um, yeah. So sick of the Patriots dropping balls. It makes me so frustrated. I just want to slap them, Julian. Slap you. Um, it's on my bench this week. But that game last week is still one of my favorites. Who? It's still one of my favorites. The Jets and the Patriots. It's like, it was so good, wasn't it? I, I love those always, games. Those back games. The and then they miss, the kicker misses the field goal. Oh, it's so good. It's <laughs> Only Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan is such a great coach, you he guys. Is. Tears. Tears. That's what movies are made Seriously. of. Um, but you know what? Chicago gives up the 10th most fantasy points to quarterbacks. And so Brady might have another great game. He seems to be in his groove, you know? So I'm not upset if you play him. Rob Gronkowski, yes, obviously. Second game in a row without a touchdown, which, you know, I get, whatever. But it's Rob Gronkowski, so you're still playing him. Shane Vereen, hello. Belichick did not screw over all of our fantasy teams. Thank you. That was nice to see. A little surprise of week seven from Belichick. Um, 43 yards and 71 yards receiving and two touchdowns. Nice. Nice. You know, he's a must-start in PPR links. He just catches the ball too much. And if not, he's running back two or flex. I mean, if I had him, I'd I'd put him in. I'm okay with it. Not bad, not bad. (sighs) Yeah. Uh, I know because he plays for Belichick, it's hard to feel confident about anything. But um, he looked really good, and I feel like he proved himself. So, Belichick is filled with lies. Lies, lies. I can't trust him in my fantasy team. No, no. no. That's why we don't draft well, them. My but heart. to each their own. And you have him, so you're playing him. That's right. Um, but I would draft, did draft Stephen Goskowski. You're gonna play him. Last week, he only got you nine fantasy points. <laughs> he still remains the number one kicker in fantasy. So, And Chicago That's gives up a boot, boatload of points to kickers. So we're playing them. Julian Edelman, I have him a in right. A bootload. A bootload. A bootload. I changed it. I changed it to boatload. Um, it should be a bootload. Listen That's to, awesome. Okay, Edelman, <laughs> he gets the targets. He just has to catch the ball. He's on my bench had, this week. He had four receptions for 44 yards. And had another eight yards rushing. For some reason, he just can't do it. He just can't catch the ball. Um, he's he's had only one game over ten points in the last five games. That's that's uh, concerning. Um, I mean, he's he's a start because of the potential, um, but he's a bench because he's just not reliable. So that yeah. he's the perfect gut call. Only you know how desperate you are. I mean, yep. I'm starting him because I like his potential, but I can understand why you want to bench him. And there are a few guys that might have some fantasy worth this week, um, but Belichick is so unpredictable, so everybody else is on the bench. Brandon LaFell, Danny Amendola, and Tim Wright. In, any of them could have 15-point games, but I can't tell you who, and I can't tell you who's going to zero out. So, you know, it's a risky I was take. on a... I was on SiriusXM last week, and uh, I didn't know this, but all the guys on SiriusXM were all in on Brandon Bolden. They told everyone in Brandon America LaFell? to pick up Brandon no, Bolden. Brandon Bolden. Oh, Bolden, really? They were all in. They were like, oh, now that Ridley's out, Brandon Bolden's going to be the man. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And then they just watched in horror all Thursday nights. 
As Bill Belichick was like, oh, yeah, fantasy people. Boom. He just blew it up. Yep. Noldy but like, a goodie. Wow, you guys had a lot of faith because we didn't. I was like, oh, That's a lot no. of faith in a guy that hasn't gotten a whole lot of touches this year. It's Belichick. But that's how I feel about Bryce so Brown. So I get it. It's bananas. But Vereen's been playing and getting a lot of looks. Like, with the Bryce Brown and Dixon situation, both the running backs are out, so it's kind of a crapshoot. But Vereen's been playing. Sure. Well, one of the questions was, well, what do you think the chance is that Brandon Bolden is the number one rusher next week? And I said, 50. Always 50-50. <laughs> you don't know with Belichick. You never you know with know. Belichick. The, it's oh, a yeah. scary, dicey thing. And that's why I, you know, really everybody for them should be in gut calls every week. The only person because that is not a 50% going to play is Tom Brady. He's the only guarantee each week. He's the only guarantee. That's not true. And even he was Goskowski. So. Goskowski as well. Gos- well, Goskowski is like, sure. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's move on to a very even team here. We got the Seahawks three and three against the Panthers three and three and one. If I'm sorry, are you impressed, Russell Wilson? Okay, I know that they lost last week and it was bizarre because Russell Wilson literally could not have done a single thing more to win that game. He was the first quarterback in NFL history in 95 years to pass for 300 yards and rush for more than 100 yards in the same game. Hello. That's crazy. I finally don't hate him. (laughs) Nice. I'm putting back on his sweaters, if you know what I mean. I'm not on the sweater level. I'll maybe throw on a sweater vest. I'm not doing like a full sleeve sweater yet. But I'm close. All I'm saying to you is I'm repeating what I've been saying all season. He is an every week start. And Marshawn Lynch. Okay, first of all, there were rumors that Marshawn Lynch refused to get on the bus, the team bus, when he found out that his friend Percy Harvin was traded. His reps say that that's not true. But what is true is that he only carried the ball 18 times for 53 yards. And he caught two passes for 18 yards. However... Yes, that's two games in a row that were kind of meh, but are you really complaining? You have Marshawn Lynch, and the rest of us are scrambling to find a running back. Have Doug Martin. Okay? Yeah. I, you know. Stop. Let's pick your battles. Mm-hmm. Gut call. But I dropped him down Doug this Baldwin. week. A lot. <laughs> you dropped him to, yeah, to eight. I know, it but everybody really else bad. had him in, like, the four, right? four range. I'm like, right. no. If you have two people in the top eight, um, come here. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. Uh, gut calls. Doug Baldwin. Okay, so we have him ranked number 25. I think we're being optimistic. He had one good game. It was last week. And, yes, there's a possibility that this can, could continue. Um, he got seven passes for 123 yards and a touchdown. Um, but you know what? Before that, his best game was 56 yards. I think he's worth a pickup if he's available, but they're still a run first team. So Play him. Carolina's defense Seattle. is awful. That's true. It's true. Let's do it. It's true. But 
I, listen, we didn't rank any of the receivers because it's also touch and go, but I can almost guarantee you one of them will have more points than Doug Baldwin. But I will say this, yeah. and this is why I've been so just sweater vest style of Russell Wilson, and I agree that my my sweater vest. very strong dislike of Russell Wilson has subsided, and I like him this year because I think he's actually turned the leaf, because this year I will play him. Because prior to this year, the guy basically never threw any games even remotely close to 300 yards. He had a lot of games under 200 yards. But this year, he's actually throwing the ball. They're throwing the ball more. So Doug Baldwin has a little bit more upside. I agree with you. Let's, you know, not do a full court press on Doug Baldwin quite yet. But there's potential about it more this year than there was last year. Totally agree with you. Completely. Um... I'm going to say something controversial that my dad almost freaked out on the phone. So he's like, yeah, you know, I started Seattle defense again. And I was like, why are you still doing that? (laughs) He's like, did the best. No. Last year. Yeah. So this was the conversation that I had. Uh, Yeah, no, Seattle, the Seahawks defense. Listen, we thought they'd be good against St. Louis. They weren't. They should be good against Carolina, but they probably won't be. Your choice. Benchwarmers, Turbin. Obviously a bench warmer, but a handcuff alert. Cooper Halfett is on the team. He's the backup to the backup tight end, but he did score a touchdown last week, so I think you wanted to hear me say his name. But that's all you're going to get there from There it me. is. It's a great name. One more time. Cooper Halfett. While we uh, move to the Carolina Panthers, we have Cam Newton ranked ninth, and... You know, Newton was back to his usual thing last week against Green Bay. You know, he is a boomer bust quarterback, and there are only a few out there, but he really is. So he doesn't seem to be perfectly healthy, and he doesn't have a bye until week 12, so that's not promising. But it is Cam Newton, so probably still have to play him. Calvin Benjamin. um, Benjamin did not disappoint. He had 61 yards and a touchdown. He is just blowing it up. I mean, he's just consistent for a rookie, which is so weird. Him and Sammy. Uh, Yeah. This will be a good test. This will be a good test for him, though, going against Seattle. And we'll see if he can pull similar numbers as he usually does. I think he will. I'm playing him. And Greg Olson, Mr. Reliable of the NFL. Mm, So nice to have one of you. He's the number one tight end right now. He's just amazing. He is just amazing. He's just 105 yards receiving. Yeah. 10 points out of a tight end without a touchdown. Are you kidding me? <laughs> okay. And he's ancient. Yes, please. I love it. Yeah, and the Seahawks give up a boatload. They said it. Uh, of points to tight ends, the third most in the league. So he's a no-brainer per huge. There is no gut calls. And if there's anybody else on the Carolina Panthers that play, go ahead and name them. But most likely, they're going to be benched. So... Just put them down, people. Just put them down. There's three people on the team. That's it. The rest don't don't matter. Miami Dolphins three and three. The Jacksonville Jaguars one and six. The Jags won, guys. The Jags won. I know. Awesome. Yay! So good. But we'll talk about Miami anyway. Um, <laughs> hey, if you got him, Lamar Miller. Another solid performance from Lamar Miller. Uh, last week, you know, being the 13th highest scoring running back and another double-digit showing. So Miller's not really showing any signs of slowing down, and he'll be facing a less-than-difficult line in the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. So 
I like him a lot. We're playing Lamar Miller. We're also playing Mike Wallace. It should be a no-brainer for you at this point. But I do want to bring to your attention that he has scored a touchdown in every single game except for one. That's impressive. Wow. Literally impressive. every single game but one. I think it was in like week two or something. It's crazy. You're mm. playing Mike Wallace. He gets targeted in the end zone all the time. Dolphins defense. I also have them as a play if you've got them this week. Because, again, you're going up against the Jags. And the Dolphins were able to put 12 points against the Bears last week. So think of how many points they might be able to put up against a team that gives literally the most points to defenses. It's time to get happy. Be, be able to Dolphins defense. My gut calls Ryan Tannehill. So here's the deal. Tannehill's not even remotely a top quarterback in the league, but he put up 23 points against the Bears last week, which made him the fourth highest scoring quarterback. And in the last three weeks, he had 20 points, 17 points, and 23 points. And he's going to go up against the Jags to give up the 11th most points to quarterbacks. And this might be my prediction, because, but he might be the Russell Wilson of this year, who plays fairly oh. poorly in the first half of the season, but then his stats keep creeping him up and up and up, and all of a sudden, like the very last game of the year, he falls into like the top 10. I'm into it. I like I like Tannehill this week. I say he's a must. Tannehill's on, he's on a hot streak right now. Yeah, and with the he's people start this week. And again, it it, is, it just happens. It's like right after talking about Russell Wilson. But literally last year, Russell Wilson was not a top ten play any week of the NFL except the last week when he cracked in the top ten of overall points. It's just a fact. Might be Tannehill this year. It could be fun. We'll see. Charles Clay. I don't want people all hot and bothered about Charles Clay's 11 points last week. Um, he did have the most yards of the season in his first touchdown, but I want to remind you of his other scores. Two, three, two, three, bye, and three. Not good. Not good, people. Now, Tannehill no. is getting hot, you know, which will benefit Clay. Um, but even with that, even with his points last week, he still doesn't even fall into the top 20 tight ends total points. So... Just drop it. Drop the clay talk. And the bench is everybody else. Great. As far as the Jacksonville Jaguars are concerned, um, I'm going to tell a quick little story called the Toby Gerhardt story, as told by her fantasy football. He gets traded to the Jags. We're like, oh, cool. Interesting. And then everyone like loves him. And we go, well, I don't know if we love him. That's a little overrated. He falls in the ranks a little bit. So we're like, ah, okay, quality. He's going to be a starter, sure. He starts. Jacksonville's terrible. We're like, ooh, this looks bad. And then he gets hurt. Oh, no, then Bortles starts. And we're like, oh, okay, great. And then he gets hurt. And then we're like, ugh. And some people still have him on their team. <laughs> I thought where you were to go this program was, let me tell you the Toby Gerhardt story told by her fantasy football. The end. <laughs> that would have been better. I feel for this Dumb. guy though. I feel like he never really got a chance, but like you gotta let it go. Let this it is go. a game, it's fantasy football, you need to get it done this week. And he is never your week. Okay? Denard Robinson though may be pickup of the yeah. week. We have him ranked number twenty seven. And Miami gives up the eleventh most fantasy points to running backs. The problem is he still plays with Jacksonville Jaguars, and they have a terrible offensive line, and he's the only person who's been able to rush over 50 yards on the season on them. Right. It's nuts. 56 yards was the best for Toby Gerhardt. It's, it's tough. But it's something to think about because he did it well against Cleveland, and they're not, you know, well, they used to not be terrible. So 
Hmm. <laughs> Gut calls. Allen Robinson is actually the best wide receiver on the team, and he is a borderline must-start if you start three wide receivers and or a flex. So the thing is, is that he only, since week one, he's been targeted at least six times in PPR leagues. He is a must-start, I think. I, literally, you guys. I know this sounds crazy. No. Um, Miami does give up the six fewest points to opposing wide receiver, but he's still a contender because he's always targeted every single game. A little silent sleeper for everyone. Um, Clay Harbor's 16th tight end. He's had at least three catches every game that he's been in. Uh, for a tight end, I guess we have to pay attention. Cecil Shorts, I don't know. He only caught three passes for 12 yards last week, and he's so up and down. No. I think I would go to Allen Robinson. Blake Bortles is a no-go in the bench warmers. Along with Storm Johnson and Jordan Todman, you can drop both of them if you thought that that was a thing. Once again, Toby Gerhardt, so sorry, my friend. And he's questionable and probably won't play anyway. And Alan Hearns, he's not quite Ogletree because he doesn't have a good team and he's not getting attention. He just is not someone you can play. Bam. Love it. Houston Texans 3-4 and four at the Tennessee Titans 2-5. and five. So I probably should have double-checked my notes after this one because for whatever reason, these two teams are both, like, two completely nondescript teams that I interchange them all the time in my head. Oh and my I God. literally was writing the different players onto the wrong team write-ups. <laughs> I had to do a little copy and paste action. So hopefully well, maybe this is correct. But play if you got him, Arian Foster, obviously. Uh, he was the 11th highest scoring running back last week with 15 points, and he is the third highest okay. scoring running back overall this year. More exciting is he had another 20-plus touches game. So, consistency, consistency, consistency. We love ourselves some Arian Foster. Gut calls. Hear me out. Ryan Fitzpatrick. I do want to make this clear. Do not play Ryan Fitzpatrick as your QB1 in a single QB league. I have him in the gut calls section if you are in a league where you can play a quarterback in your flex or in a two-quarterback league. You know, he's, he's only had one game in which he did not score double-digit points, so he is viable option in both of those two situations. Again, only in a flex or in a two-quarterback league. <clears throat> Texans defense, I have my gut calls. So the Texans defense has not been as hot as usual lately, but they are still the sixth highest scoring defense, and they'll be going up against the Titans to give up the 10th most points to defenses. So you could have definitely, certainly an, an above-average week with this. Benchwarmers, Alfred Blue. So Blue did look good last week. He scored eight points. But I don't want you to fall prey to thinking that this will be regular play. Why? Because on a team with Arian Foster, who gets 20-plus touches a game, the pure fact of the matter is Blue's just not going to get him touches. He's just not to make him actually fantasy-worthy. Courtney loves it. <laughs> Courtney loves it. That's when you make a hard signal. Symbol with your uh, finger. I hope, I hope that's out of style before my kids get into school. Are, are you are you hurting Alfred heart, Blue? The hard symbol. No, she's hurting me because I'm saying speed up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tennessee Titans. I've got Delaney Walker as your plan if you got him. He only scored one point last week, which is pretty terrible. Uh, but it's important to keep in mind that he's an end zone target, and he was targeting the end zone, and he should have had a touchdown last week. So that would have put him back in that seven point range that we're used to. So stick with him. He's still your guy. Gut calls, Kendall Wright. Wright's been playing rather well the last few weeks, but the problem, again, we have is inconsistency. So let's run down his scoring thus far. 10. He started off with this really great week, which made us really excited that Kendall Wright's back is going to play really well. Or not, because then he scored three points, four points, three points. 
Then he scores another 20-point game. We're like, oh, yeah, he's back on. Just kidding. Next week we'll follow up with a zero. And then once you're like, screw him, I'm over it. He does a 12. I'm over you, Kendall, right? I'm over you. I can't... might as well be a patriot. Seri- I mean, seriously, you cannot consider him for anything more than a wide receiver <laughs> three or a flex role. You can't because of his inconsistency. Because literally, he will either get you major points or nothing more than like four. That's that's what you have to deal with. So keep that in mind. It's your choice. Only you know how desperate you are. Bench Justin Hunter. That's a given. And then Derek Hagan. Yes, he had a nice week last week, scoring thirty-eight yard touchdown. But let, don't let the cloud the fact that guys only had three catches all season long. So. And he plays on a team with a subpar offense, so you need to drop. You know, don't think go thinking about picking him up either. Bam! Baltimore Ravens five and two against the Cincinnati Bengals three two and one. Man, the Bengals are falling apart. Like falling apart. Yeah, losing AJ Green just like destroyed them. Um, So go Baltimore. We got Joe Flacco ranked 10th. Uh, although Flacco is not the most Woo! consistent quarterback, he's a nice matchup, lots of weapons. The Ravens look good. He feels good. I'm into him. I think he's going to have a great week this Sunday, so I'm into it. Steve Smith Sr., Mr. Triple S Sauce. Bam, 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 bam. It's getting to that point in the show, people. Um, I know he's had two bad games in the last three weeks, but I think it's going to be a boom week for him. I think he's going to come back. He had 118 yards and a touchdown last week of the first week of the season when they played Cincinnati. So, I mean, hey, can't bench a guy who had those stats but seven weeks ago. Um, Justin Forsett. Uh, he was so close to getting into double digits, so close, but Bernard stole that little touchdown. That's going to be a problem in Baltimore, but Forsett is still a key runner. He runs. That's how he gets you your points, and he's catching. I mean, he's just – he gets to the yards. That's all I got to say. So Forsett's in. Owen Daniels had a nice game last week of 58 yards and a touchdown, his first touchdown since week two. Uh, but he saw a season high of nine targets, which is really good for him. They're really putting him into the offense. And the Bengals give up the most points to tight ends, so he's a start. I've got gut calls. I've got Torrey Smith. He rebounded nicely with three games over 10 fantasy points. So that's great. Unfortunately, I, yeah. I, I wouldn't trust him this week. Um, he only put up five points in week one against Cincinnati, and Cincinnati gives up the fifth fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. So... It's not my favorite matchup. Bench warmers, really, you know, everyone else, I suppose. Uh, except Justin Tucker, of course. But Cincinnati Bengals, play him if you got him. Ah, none. They really need A.J. Green back. And he may be back, but there's no guarantees on that. You're going to have to watch the injury report. Um, it's just, yeah, it's kind of sad. Bernard got beat up last week with some sore Ugh. ribs. Oh, he has been sitting out of practice and appears he's he's going to play on Sunday against the Ravens, but the Ravens give up the second fewest points to running backs. So if Cincinnati decides to hold him out, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, expect Jeremy Hill to be the one that's going to get the touches and more seen uh, more time. So he might be a nice flex option, but even then, it's going to be a tough game for both of them. Um, and, again, A.J. Green is under gut calls because he's literally a gut call for Cincinnati. We, he may or may not play. If he does play, everybody's value on Cincinnati 
goes up, including Sanu, who's the number one wide receiver right now in replace of Green. But I love him as a number one or number two wide receiver even more than I do number one um, because he's going to be able to get open. He's going to be going against the second best um, corners. And I just, I really, I like him regardless. He has, um, the eight, Ravens give up the eighth most fantasy points to wide receivers. So either way, I think he should be in your lineup. But I really like him if Green plays. And bench warmers. Carson asked me if he should drop Sanu. And I was no. like, no. Everyone on Cincinnati no, was terrible. No, Sanu, yeah. He couldn't have done anything Right, better. absolutely. And Sanu had great points when Green was in. Like, he was a very effective, you know, uh, wide receiver, too, for Cincinnati. I, I love him. He's a tough, he's a tough wide receiver. I, I would keep him in and I would play him. Bench warmers, Andy Dalton, you know. Ouch. Not 2013. No more. Because the St. Louis Rams <laughs> two and four, Kansas City Chiefs three and three. No point spending a lot of time on teams with that kind of record. So we'll make it quick. So play if you got him, none. Got calls Lance Kendrick. So what's interesting about him? He's actually been playing pretty well recently. He scored eight yeah. points in week three. Had a bit of a blip in week five, but then he scored eight points and seven points. So this could be another decent week for him yeah, as the right. Chiefs give up the seventh most points to tight ends. So he's actually on the hottest streak of the tight ends. So someone to think about. Trey Mason, this one's really interesting news as well. It appears that he has kind of usurped Zach Stacy and is the man in town. Um, what I like about it is that he had 18 carries last week for 85 yards, so he's staying a really heavy workload, which is good. I haven't got call section purely for the fact that, you know, the Rams have not been really great about actually naming a starter and sticking with it. So I feel like you need to actually see a second week of him actually getting that kind of production to feel really well that he's actually the starter. Bench, all Rams wide receivers. Let's put it this way. The highest scoring receiver last week was Stedman Bailey with six points. No one knows who he no, is. Thank you. No one needs to know who he is. Brian Quick, who's their top receiver, only scored three points. It's a very, very sad situation yeah. in St. Louis. They're all on the bench. Same with Austin Davis, who was pretty hot, actually, in week three. And then in week five, when he came off his bye. But then he's just been kind of like, okay, since then. So, again, if you're in a you know, two-quarterback league, you think about him, but otherwise he's on your bench because the Chiefs give up the 11th fewest points. So not a good matchup for him. On to the Chiefs. Jamal Charles, you are playing him. I know he burned you a bit at the beginning of the season, but he's he's back in the groove of things. He was the 10th highest scoring running back last week with 16 points. The Rams do have a pretty good, you know, line. They give up the fifth fewest points. Um, but Charles is, you know, he's Charles. you got to play him. And then, yeah, Niall Davis. Yeah, Charles in per- is in charge. Yeah, Charles is in charge. Mm. Niall Davis is not in charge, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> so he's been pretty non-existent since Jamal came back. But he did have 10 touches last week, which means he's actually still getting some sort of production. Granny only got you 25 yards, but at least he's seeing some action. So if you have to roll the dice on a really deep, crazy pick, he's not a terrible option just for the fact that... He gets the touches, but I think you got better options just due to the Rams' tough line. Bench, Travis Kelsey. He's a really talented tight end, but he got you three points last week, and the Rams give up the 10th fewest points to tight ends. So uh, this is not the week you're looking for for the bounce back, and he's injured. He's limited in practice due to ribs. So this is not the week. Bummer. Philadelphia Eagles, 5-1 and one at the Arizona Cardinals. 5-1, and one, game of the week. Good one. This is going to be a good, good one. one. Uh, 
big fan. So Philadelphia Eagles are coming off of a bye, and uh, Chip Kelly is crazy. So who knows what he cooked up in this bye week with the extra time. I'm excited. So it is a little bit of a wild card game. So I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to see what happens. Play him if you got him. I'm putting LaShawn McCoy back here with some hesitation. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> week six was glorious. He's back to his 20-plus carries. He rushed for over 100 yards for the first time this season. Yeah, you heard that right. Um, but now he goes up against the Cardinals to give the fourth-fewest points to opposing running backs. So I'm not saying he's going to be terrible again, but um, it may not be the same. Jeremy Macklin, uh, you know what? Listen, he scored a touchdown four out of his six games this season. He wasn't needed in week six because they just blew out the Giants. So they just kind of kept the ball and just ran out the clock. It was bizarre. It was a bizarre game in week six. And then they had a bye. So don't worry about it. He's back. Uh, Gut calls. Nick Foles, he just has not been very good. Just put it out there. Uh, He went from rarely throwing an interception to being an interception nightmare. Um, believe it or not, the Cardinals are an okay matchup. They give up the 14th most fantasy points to quarterbacks. So uh, he's not really a starter unless the matchup is awesome, and this one's just kind of okay. So he's ranked number 16 for us, and I think that's probably about right. Uh, Darren Sproles, we have him ranked number 40. It's a bad matchup because they don't give up a lot of points to running backs, and he's getting a third of the carries that LaShawn McCoy is getting. So... That's that. Jordan Matthews and Riley Cooper, I don't know why he's still on, pe- there's on people's teams. Um, Jordan Matthews, I guess you have some sort of victory. Do you know that Riley Cooper's owned in 78.1% of ESPN leagues? <laughs> I want you to think about that tonight when you're laying in bed. Uh, and Eagles defense, listen, we have them ranked number 17. They might be better than this because they have been amazing. They've had no fewer than four sacks in a game in the last three weeks. That's right. For three weeks, I've had over four sacks. It's crazy. Um, so, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm not hating them. I don't even want to talk about Zach Ertz. It's too confusing. <laughs> it is too confusing. It is. The Cardinals, Carson Palmer, matchup alert. I had, like, triple and double check. Like, I mean, like, a quadruple kept going on the internet, finding different sites to make sure that I put him in the right place and play him if he got him. I was like, am I, uh, uh, <laughs> it, 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 this seems weird. My Okay, well, you know, that whatever. But the Eagles give up the fifth most fantasy points to quarterbacks, and that's just a fact. But Palmer has yet to have a game over 20 points since returning from his shoulder injury, so that's a fact. But he does have three wide receivers to throw the ball to, so that's good. And a running back that he can rely on. So I guess we're starting him in week eight. I guess that's what's going down. Um, Andre Ellington, he's at 100%. He's working through some sore ribs, but he'll be working through the injury. So, you know, we're going to put him in. The Cardinals get – the sixth win against the Eagles, I was feeling. I just feel it. Um, and then oh. I, I feel like the Cardinals are going to win. Um, and Floyd. fighting words. I know. For the first time this year, had two good games in a row. It wasn't boom or bust, boom, bust, boom, bust. He did it. Woo! And Congrats. the Eagles give up the six most fantasy points to wide receivers. So we're going to play him. I'll take 11 points. Larry Fitzgerald, you did what I thought you were going to do, and that's, you were a bust. So sad. Not much. Four receptions, 21 yards. That stinks. 
Um, but I don't understand how people feel about him. They're going to play him regardless. That's you. That's not me. Um, John Carlson, <laughs> you want to talk about That's some on you. O- <laughs> some own it. Who owns uh, Carlson? No one. 0% in Yahoo leagues and 0.2% in uh, ESPN leagues. That makes me giggle. Sorry. I don't know why, but it does. He gets some looks, That's, though. No, no he's, he's really bad. That's some. Um, I was like, I guess we know where the area of opportunity is for the Cardinals this offseason. Um, <laughs> Indianapolis Colts, 5-2 and two at Pittsburgh Steelers, 4-3. and three. The Colts, play them if you got them. Play them all. Why not? Hey, it's a good, it's a good week. Sure. sure. Luck, third-ranked cornerback, obviously. Obviously, we're going to play him. Ahmad Bradshaw. This could be his huge week for Bradshaw. I'm just saying. I just feel it. Richardson went down last week against the Bengals. His list is questionable. Um, and Pittsburgh isn't the best stopping the run. So Bradshaw could have a big, big week. T.Y. Hilton, we have him ranked seventh. Um, has third game of the season over 100 yards. Um, and, you know, he's really starting to get into his groove. And Luck loves to throwing him the ball so he also loves throwing the ball to Dwayne Allen hey fifth touchdown of the season last week talk about a tight end yeah, and like he's that. only owned in 32% of leagues and he's the seventh highest fantasy scorer for tight ends pick him up for people pick him up for God's sake I don't understand. pick him up and play him so frustrating sorry if As we I had said, a team of, of like like NFL rejects like Anton Smith and Dwayne Allen and whatnot we'd probably win our league Yes. People the teams, for whatever reason, illogically won't play. Except Smith got one point. That hurt us last week. Yeah. Uh, Trent Richardson's questionable. He's not my favorite play this week. And poor Reggie Wayne. Ugh. Everybody still hasn't ranked super high, and I just can't understand. I I, he's had one game with a touch, one touchdown and one game over 100 yards, and I just couldn't do it. I bumped him down to 40th, and I, I felt like that was still too high. Bench warmers, nobody. It's the Colts <laughs> people. On to the Steelers. Play if you got him. Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown is the man. And if you don't know that, yeah. I feel sorry for you. I do. I do because he's yet to have a single game with less than 84 yards. That was his lowest scoring game was an 84-yard game. And eight points is the lowest he's ever had. Everyone else is a double digits. He's the man, pure and simple. I adore him. Le'Veon Bell, he's averaging 14 points per game. He's the fourth highest scoring running back in the league right now. He's only gotten you one single-digit game all season. That was in week two. He's been killing it ever since. And, you know, his most endearing quality is that he is, you know, really good in terms of rushing, and he also is a really good receiving back. So it really doesn't matter what kind of defense is going to throw at him because he's just the man and can do it all. Love him. Uh, gut calls, Lance Moore. This one's really interesting. If you've been playing fantasy football for a while, you probably have a love-hate relationship with Lance Moore. I get it. You should. Uh, and what's really tricky here is that he's, he's played pretty well the last two weeks. So last week, you know, was his most week, and he only had two catches. But he has, you know, they scored a touchdown in the last two games. So it's weird as he only gets part in the game and targeted in the red zone. Literally, that's it. But Big Ben seems to always find him in the end zone. It's probably because Antonio Brown's being double teamed. So if you need a flyer, Lance Moore might be worth it because for whatever reason, they're on a pattern of throwing him the ball in the end zone. So He's this year's cost, right? Yeah, like seriously, he's a touchdown vulture right now. It's weird. Uh, bench is everybody else. Everybody else. 
sad day. McStevens here. We got the Oakland Raiders 0-6 against the Cleveland Browns 3-3. Game of the week. Play him if you... I was going to say that. Play him if you got him. Nobody. <laughs> got calls. Darren McFadden. And I, I am going to put him, really, in play him if you got him. I just really can't do it because it's the Oakland Raiders. But he is, he's going to have a good game, guys. Cleveland gives up the six most fantasy points to running backs. He is clearly the primary running back there in Oakland. I like him. I like him a lot this week. I'm saying play him and feel good about it as your flex guy, guys. Let's go, Darren. Got it. I also have Andrew, uh, Andre Holmes and James Jones and got calls, but really they deserve to be on the bench. Um, they are so boomer bust. I mean, last week they should have been fantasy gold, and they both got 3.5 fantasy points. So, I mean, really, you cannot rely on anything that involves passing. So, therefore, Derek Carr is also on the bench. She's not a reliable fantasy. Has no fantasy worth of any sorts. And the Oakland's defense, they're really bad. Oakland's offense is bad, but their defense is really bad. So, before Brian gets into our Cleveland Browns spiel, I say play them all. Play all the Browns. (laughs) That's interesting because I they were not playable against the Jaguars, so I don't know where you're getting this confidence. But I respect you. <laughs> they were terrible against Jacksonville. Yeah. The best, Implosion. the best game that Oakland Brown or the Oakland defense had was in Week One against the Jets. Duh, with seven fantasy points. That's it. That was it. That's all she wrote. Implosion they were bad. is the they were only bad. word that you can use but, for the Cleveland Browns against the Jacksonville But every Jaguars. team so has an implosion game, unless you're, like, yeah, Super Bowl. Well, bounce. I just talked about the Bears doing implosion, it, too. So yeah. I'm not pointing fingers. It's just it's what happened. They were listening to their own press. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They were like, ooh, we are really good. <laughs> so, uh, to be fair, the Jags did so come the Jags out and played, play. They played well. And the Jags have had some well. close games this year. They're the best worst Absolutely. team out there. They really are. I agree. They really are. Um, they just can't keep people healthy, yeah. really. So and they're um, just waiting for Toby Gerhardt to come of, back. <laughs> right. Speaking of Ben Tate. Ugh. Okay. Um, He's in your plan. You it got hurts him. me to love you. So here's the deal. Last week, I knew that their center, Alex Mack, Pro Bowl center, was out for the season. Okay? He was put on IR with a broken fibula. I knew that was a big deal, but I didn't think it would be as big of a deal as it seems to be because the Jacksonville Jaguars handed their booty to them on yeah. a platter. Yeah. It was disturbing. take out me three points. Yeah. So hopefully they'll get it together because Tate was awesome before his injury and then the two games after his injuries. So I believe that they're going to come back. The Raiders give up the second most points to running backs. So look for a comeback, fingers crossed, eek. And also he's listed as probable with a finger injury. He should be fine, but just keep an eye out. He's my only playing if you got him, though. And the gut call section, though, um, Andrew Hawkins finally had a comeback, caught five passes for 112 yards. And then Miles Austin was the second highest fantasy scorer on the Browns with three catches for 53 yards. That tells you anything. But neither of these guys are definitely must-starts, but they're interestingly interesting, if that's a thing, uh, because the Raiders gave up the 10th 
fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. Can you believe it? No. And we're saying their defense is bad, but they hold wide receivers. So I don't know. They're, they're in the gut calls right now. Um, Jordan Cameron, he caught one pass to five yards last week, and he's just breaking my heart. I have nothing else to say about him. He and Zach Ertz, I can't talk about you this week. I'm not emotionally stable enough for that. <laughs> Cleveland Browns defense, number 10 ranked defense because they're going up against the Raiders. Although they weren't great against Jacksonville, but they did get two sacks and three interceptions on Jacksonville. So uh, Ben Chormers, Hoyer, West, Travis. I can never say his name. I'm so sorry. Benjamin. Um, don't do it. Don't do it. Moving on. Bam. Green Bay Packers, 5-2, and two, and New Orleans Saints, 2-4. and four. Great. Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers just quietly being Aaron Rodgers this year. He scored at least three, at least three touchdowns in five of his seven games. Love it. Rocking Love it. it. Take yeah, it. That Decent. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb, we have them ranked number one and number six. It should be this one and two. Crazy because They're just dynamite together. Dynamite. They are duo. both up for fantasy MVP this Absolutely. year. Absolutely. Unbelievable. And sometimes we don't talk enough about the really great people so that you know the difference between really great and pretty good. Yeah. But these guys are really, really great. Really great. So Nelson has at least four catches in every game. Also, he's scored uh, a touchdown in five of his seven games. Cobb has scored a touchdown in all but one game. Yeah. And has at least three catches in every game. Gold. Gold. Do it. Eddie Lacy, you know how I feel about him. He had 12 carries last week. James Starks had seven. If you're not nervous, I don't know what stat lines you're looking at. The only thing that's going to save him this week is that the Saints give up the ninth most points to running backs, and James Starks is hurt. He'll probably still play, but he won't play in the same amount. Yeah. I'm telling you, trade bait. Speaking of, got calls, James Starks, he's someone to think about. And Devontae Adams continues to be kind of yeah, awesome. Not kind of. And you think there's no room for a third guy here, but there is. So last week he caught only one pass, but it was 21 yards and a touchdown. Reflex, that's pretty nice. Nice. And uh, the week before he caught six passes for 77 yards, so he's part of the game plan. Bench warmers, I just had to put someone on the bench, so I'm putting Andrew Corliss, their tight end on the bench, but you knew that. Saints. So Drew Brees is coming back, okay? Last week he threw for 342 yards and two touchdowns and an interception, but the Lions are really tough, so that's very, very impressive. Very good. So feel free to start him this week. Got calls. That's right. I ranked Jimmy Graham number 13. And I ranked him that way because I have a rule that if someone zeroes out, you can put them on your bench. And that includes Jimmy Graham because I don't think he's healthy yet. And until I see an injury report that says, A-OK, Jimmy Graham, yeah, he's so happy. Decoy. Decoy mode. That was a Belichick move, nervous. and I was angry. Right, because there's all this press. Oh, he's playing, he's playing, he's playing. Oh, of yeah. course you're like, well, if he's playing, I have to play him. Nope. Decoy. Fantasy nightmare. Agreed. Also fantasy nightmare. The rest of the same. <laughs> Literally all of them. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just do a quick rundown because people always ask, because I feel like the Saints are the team that we told everyone not to draft, and the people didn't start listening to our show early enough to know not to do this for themselves. So out of respect for them, I'm just going to give you a quick rundown, but you know how I feel. So Mark Ingram, Kyrie Robinson, and Tavares Cadet. That's right. We have another head in the monster. First of all, let's say, just so that you know, 
Pierre Thomas is out for two to three weeks with ribs and a shoulder injury. So there's that. Kyrie Robinson sat out practice on Wednesday with a forearm injury and add to that the fact that last week he got benched for two quarters early in the game because he fumbled. You can't feel great about that. Mark Ingram was less than impressive his first week back. Now they went up against the Lions, so they could have been trying to ease him in, but eh. And then uh, Travaris Cadet, well, I mean, he seems okay every once in a while, but technically the highest scoring running back from last week was a guy named Austin Johnson. <laughs> that guy. Who? That's right. I scream that at my television all the time Who? on Sundays at the Red Zone. That guy? That guy. There's nothing more anyway, frustrating when the guy scores a touchdown that you know nobody owns. And it's like, oh, why'd you man. just do that? Adam Rank on the NFL Network. Shout out to Adam. We love you. They do this segment. That helps no one. And I'm like, and my husband and I just scream that at the screen every single time. That you know, one of those jerks catches the ball in the end zone. Yep. So just pisses irate. Makes you irate. And speaking of jerks, we didn't even rank him, but Kenny Stills came out of nowhere last week. I know, but he won't Stuff show up like next that. week. It's it's clockwork with I, thought he, was, I no. thought he was injured. I thought he was out. No? Oh, is he out? Maybe, I don't know. Maybe he's I don't know. Maybe he's just questionable like he has been all year. You guys, I can't handle any of no. these people anymore. I literally don't even look at them anymore. It drives me crazy. Kenny Stills is the invisible man all season, and then he comes out with five passes for 103 yards and a touchdown. Marcus Colston's probably your best bet because four out of his six games he's had at least three catches and 50 yards, but he's only scored one touchdown. So who wants only five points? No, seriously. Brandon Cooks is literally every other week. Literally every other week. The good news is that this is supposedly his week. So that's the insider info for you. But this is why I don't draft these people. We get probably more questions about Brandon Cooks than any other player. Cooks and Sankey. It's tough. It's and tough. I will say, we told you not to draft any Saints players. Because you go through this every <laughs> week and you're like, oh, do I play him? Do I play him? Breeze and Graham are it. Well, hopefully you didn't draft any of the Redskins either. We got the Washington Redskins two and five, the Dallas <laughs> Cowboys six and one. This will be an interesting game because it's a divisional matchup, which always makes it interesting. So, plan if you got them, none. Everybody's in my gut call section. Alfred Morris, he's a little bit injured, but he came back in the game. But watch out for that. Deshaun Jackson, he had a terrible game, but you know. At one point, I literally had to double check to make sure he was still playing. Like, seriously. I was like, what's going on? He only scored you four points off 49 yards. And we got McCoy as a quarterback now. So let's enter the third string quarterback. That's always exciting, right? No. You know, and he's, he's expected to start week eight. So whether that's good news or bad news, we don't know. Um, but you know, got to hope that McCoy gets a bit more comfortable with a deep ball threat or Jackson's value extremely decreases. Inversely, we've got Pierre Garçon, who apparently benefited with McCoy's entrance into the game. Garçon had 87 yards and a touchdown off five catches, but you need to keep in mind that of that 87 yards, 70 yards was off one play, which was a short little dump-off pass, and he scored a touchdown. So, you know, that has to be what McCoy's a little bit more, crazy. you know, comfortable with. Yeah, it's crazy. But if you don't have that, then you've got, again, another completely useless game from Pierre Garçon. And the Cowboys' defense gives up the fifth-fewest points to wideouts, so that also does not look promising. Because they're terrible, right? They're <laughs> really bad. And then there's Jordan Reed, guys. I'm sorry. Niles, Paul, why are you still getting in my way? You're getting in my way. Five, Reed <laughs> had five catches for 54 yards and scored you five points. 
Paul had two catches for 58 yards and scored you five points. So Reed is getting the most looks, but Paul is sitting there and eating into you know into his catches. So that's also not encouraging. There's other guys out there like Allen. Go pick them up instead of Reed. And everybody else is on my bench. Bench them. Bench them. The Dallas Cowboys, you're going to play them all. Hey, Romo, nice matchup against Washington. We give up the third most fantasy points to quarterbacks. I'm into him. He's not a must-start every week, but he's a must-start this week. DeMarco Murray, 100 yards every game this year, which sets an NFL record. He is a machine. You're going to play him. I know he came out and he was a little like, ooh, with his ankles, but whatever. As long as he's playing, you're playing him. Same with Des. I love him. I love him. He's just like... Such a wonderful 2014 surprise. I'm into his I'm into his moves. Des had 15 fantasy points without a touchdown last week. Okay. Mustard. Um, in my gut calls, I have <laughs> Terrence Williams. And the only reason why he's a gut call for me is because for some reason the Cowboys will not throw him the ball. It's crazy. He has Weird. seen like two or three targets a game, and yet he's like getting seven fantasy points every game or more. So he's in your lineup, guys. He has six touchdowns on the season. I'm I'm all about him. All about him. And on my like bench, Jason Witten. I can't do it. I can't. I can't. Witten has had one touchdown this season and has yet to break nine fantasy points. And he is the 15th ranked tight end in fantasy football. Stop. Just stop. I can't. <laughs> I can't. And that's week eight for us, you guys. Hopefully you have a wonderful fantasy league, unless you're playing one of us, and then we hope you're going down. Make sure to hop over to HerFantasyFootball.com and check out our rankings. And also chat us up on Twitter at HerFantasyFB. Until next time, no more faking it.